And he asked how many ate too much on Thanksgiving. Well, we really don't want to be accused of being gluttons, but I sure did get my fill on that day, that's for sure. And it is good to be back at First Baptist Church, and I am just excited to be able to be here this morning. Thank you for the opportunity, Brother King, to speak this morning. And uh, my wife, Cindy, here in the red sweater. And as he mentioned, our three children are here in high school this year, and it is a joy to serve the Lord together. Amen. And uh, we've been, my wife and I have been in Brazil since 2001, so the last 17 years we've had the privilege of serving God uh, in the country where I was born and grew up as a missionary kid. And so it's just a joy. I don't get to work with my parents. My parents and my baby brother, Ed Johnson, are working about five hours away from us. And then my other brother, Brian, is working in Sao Paulo City. He's about four hours away from us. But we are somewhat close. You know, five hours isn't too bad. We used to be about 12, 13 hours away from everybody. And the last three years, we've been closer in, in distance with a new church plant. So it's been a joy to, to be able to get together a little bit more often. And it's just exciting to be able to be together there in Brazil. But um, I, I thank the Lord for my parents and that always wanted me to be in God's will, no matter what that would be. And that's something we want to pass on to our children. You know, the best place you can have your children is in God's will, too. Amen? And a lot of times I think we, we, we fail to realize that. And, you know, selfishly speaking, of course, parents want their kids to be happy and close to them and successful and all that good stuff. Uh, as long as that's within God's will, that's great. But if God wants them to move further away and... Uh, you know, whatever God might want them to do, then that's what we ought to encourage them to do. And so I'm just glad that, that I, I was able to have that teaching from my parents, and we try to pass it on to our kids. We, we make sure we don't call them to come back to Brazil's mission. Uh, so, but God has called our oldest so far. Andrew is going to be a, 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 going to college next year, and he already feels called back to Brazil as a missionary, and so we're delighted about that. And uh, who knows what God has in store for our other two children. But I pray, pray that you'll pray with us about that as well. Open your Bibles with me this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, this morning I just want to uh, be a blessing and share something about uh, teamwork. Teamwork. You know, that we've had the opportunity to work in a team ministry years now. And uh, it's just been a joy to be able to, to work together with other people who have uh, the same goals and working for the same cause of Christ. And what a blessing it is to be in a church like First Baptist, which also has a great vision for teamwork. And I remember many years ago when they, when they had their first team, uh, missions team going uh, overseas, that was a new concept at the time. But it is really, really exciting when you get to serve God and you don't feel like you're the only one. You know, sometimes we kind of have that feeling, but when you get to work with other people, like-minded people who, who love the Lord, who are also wanting to win the lost, and it's just exciting. Uh, but, you know, even right here in First Baptist Church, everybody here needs to realize that we are all in a team. You know, let's, let's just think of when, when we've been saved, you know, we're part of the body of Christ, and we are soldiers of Christ, but we're all on the same team for the cause of Christ. Amen? And so I'd like to read a few verses in First Corinthians chapter 3. And we'll begin in verse number 1, verses 1 through 4, just an introduction, and then we'll get into the main uh, points of the lesson this morning. But First Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, 
even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? No, it's, it's sad that the church here uh, was so immature. The Christians here in Corinth were, were baby Christians still, and they, they weren't maturing like they ought to have. And Paul was having to get on them. And y'all are like babies. You know, I, I wanted to give you meat and give you good substance here, and I'm still having to treat you like little babies and just give you milk and kind of take care of you like babies. And, and you know, it's sad that as we travel around churches in America, visiting churches, we see... Uh, people that have matured in the Lord, but we still see people that are just, they're still at the baby level. They don't want to grow in the Lord, you know. And uh, one, one thing about the culture of Brazil, they're very family-oriented, but they really pamper the kids. You know, I think it's very common all along Latin America also, but the, the, the kids are pampered, and it seems like they take a little longer to mature. They're babies for longer. And I've even seen five-year-olds with a bottle. You know, uh, I mean, it's just... Things like that, like, you want your little one to be a baby forever. I understand. Okay, well, it's time they grow up. But, you know, Christians, sometimes we're like that. You know, I think pastors around America get frustrated because a lot of people are still babies in Christ. Even though they've been saved for longer, they should already be eating meat, spiritual meat, and yet they're still on the milk. Well, Paul was having to uh, get on to these Christians, you know, give them a, a, a spiritual scolding, if you will. And verse number four, he said, For a while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? And so they were, they were dividing. There was a division in the church there. And some people were, were saying, you know, I'm of Paul. You know, Paul, he's my man. If he can do it, no one can. You know, that whole idea that Paul's, he's, he's, he's my hero. He led me to the Lord, and I love Paul. And others are, no, Paulus, he's a guy, man. He's, he's really, I prefer him over Paul. And, and there was division. Now, I've never seen any churches in America have any kind of division like that. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, it's sad, though, because way back 2,000 years ago, we were seeing the same thing happening, and it still happens today. You know, you get, you get leaders in, in a church, and whether it be pastors, assistant pastors, youth pastors, Sunday school teachers, uh, or whatever, bus, bus captains, I mean, you, you can name it, any type of leadership you always have those so you know wait wait a second i like this guy and and then you start having division because they feel like it's a competition you know something got either be for him or for him and church splits over that kind of stuff and that's what was going on here in corinth but i want to focus on verses five through nine talk about the just the the idea of working as a team if you will let's let's just pray real quick again before we get into this main part of the the message lord i pray that you bless the next few moments and may you take the words here of, uh, of the Bible, and, and may you just use me as a blessing, as a conduit, Lord. And may the Holy Spirit just encourage us and strengthen us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, Paul says in verse number 5, he says, who, is, who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. And so the first thing I want to point out this morning out of these verses is the fact that we are all ministers. What does the word minister mean? Can somebody give me an, uh, another word for minister? A servant. That's perfect. I mean, we're all to be servants. You know, sometimes we get so preoccupied about uh, about getting into a leadership position or a superior position and, and overseeing, 
And we forget that we're all servants. Even the pastor, I mean, Brother Wilkerson, he's a great example of a servant of the Lord. It's not, a, you lead by example. You're, we're all servants of the Lord. And Paul, to me, the greatest missionary in the New Testament. I mean, if you're going to put anybody on, a, anybody on a pedestal, let's put the Apostle Paul. But even him, uh, you know, he was a humble man. And he would say, you know, who, who am I? You know, who, who's Paul? And who's Apollos? You know, the two men that the church was divided over. And, and he said, we're just ministers by whom you believe. You know, the Lord used us to preach the gospel. Many of you are saved through our preaching. But we're ministers. And so I hope that this morning we can remember that, first, we're all servants. And I hope that you are a servant. I, that, to me, is the greatest position I could be for the cause of Christ as a servant of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I don't want to be known by uh, being the greatest this and that, but maybe a good servant. And I am a minister. I want to be a a servant uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, even as the Lord gave to every man. So the first thing that I I notice out of this text here is that we should all be servants. And from the greatest to the the smallest, if you will, the most important to the least important, and in, we, we, I don't know a lot of you very well, but you know, I'm sure that some are more, have been here for longer than others, and some maybe feel like they're more inner circle than others, and some feel like they have more talents than others. And there are those who feel like, well, I'm not really... We're all servants. Nobody's more important than anybody else. We're all servants of Jesus Christ. But also, verse number 6, the second thing I'd like to point out is that Paul said, I have planted Apollos watered. You know, he's using the great example of, of uh, farming, of crops and, and agriculture. You know, Paul was saying, you know, he planted the seed of the gospel and uh, somebody came behind him and watered that seed. And so you see two people here doing different jobs, but working together, two things that go together very importantly. You now we, we drove out to Iowa just uh, last week for a meeting and, and on 80, you just see a whole bunch of Cornfields and a lot of agriculture going out in that direction, and and uh, you think, how in the world does that all happen? Well, somebody has to plant the seed. You begin by planting the seed, but you know, if you just throw the seed out there and, and just leave it and don't do anything, no water, and you think you're going to have a great harvest? Not likely, you know, because somebody's got to come in and they got to water that seed, and there's just a lot of steps involved in helping that grow uh, to be able to harvest it. And so this morning, realize not only that we're all servants, but we each have different jobs for the cause of Christ. And we can each have different things. It's okay. You don't have to be exactly like somebody else. You're not going to be exactly like somebody else. You know, God created us differently for a purpose. Over 7 billion people, like I heard somebody recently say, can you imagine if everybody in the world was like Carl Johnson? Oh, my goodness. But it could be worse. Everybody could be like Aaron King. I mean, just imagine that. <laughs> um, you know, the fact is we're all different, and that's okay. That's good. We have different responsibilities. Not everybody can be an usher. Not everybody can be a greeter. Not everybody can take up the offering. I mean, there are different jobs that we can have, and that's good. And so uh, God created us uniquely. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. I'm just going to flip over a few pages if you want to flip over with me. Uh, you know, it says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so is Christ. And I'm not going to read down through all of here, but it talks about 
you know, the, the foot and the, uh, the hand and, and the eye and the ear and all that kind of stuff. You know, our bodies are, are made up of a whole bunch of different parts. You know, we have two eyes and that's it. I mean, we'd look real funny if we had just one eye or three eyes. But that's how God created us. And, you know, the eye can't say, hey, I'm jealous. I wish I were an ear. Or I wish I were a foot. I mean, it's, it's hilarious, but that's what the verses are talking about. Sadly, that's what Christians do. We say, I wish I could do that. I wish I were this. I wish I were a greeter. I wish I were... A... Hello, God put us where he wants us because we have our unique talents and our unique personality. And God knows exactly how he can use us. And let's not be jealous and try to compete with others. Accept who you are and just say, Lord, how can you use me? I want to be a servant. Where can I be used? How can I be used? And so we're all servants. Number two, we all have different jobs, different personalities, different talents. We just need to use what we have. It's like the parables. You know, sometimes God gives ten talents to one, five to another, one to another. I mean, it really doesn't matter as long as we take what he does give us and use that. And so let's not be comparing, hey, wait a second, I wish I could do that, or I wish I had that position. No, God, can you use the, what I do have? Use my talents and my abilities, my personality to serve you in the best capability that I can. And so we see that we're all ministers or servants of the Lord. Number two, we all have different uh, positions, different jobs, different things that we can, uh, we can serve the Lord with. And going, finishing verse number 6, back in 1 Corinthians 3, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God that gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, nor he that watereth. You know, so my next, my next point that I noticed here, the fact is that we aren't really anything. We don't mount up to a pile of beans, do we? I mean, when, when it comes to really what matters, Paul was saying, hey... So then neither is he that planteth, that would be Paul. He was using himself as that in, in that position. And, and he that watereth, Apollos, we're not anything. When you think about it, really, who, who matters? God, Jesus Christ. He's the one that should matter. It's all about him. It's not about who we are or what we can do. It's about who he is and what he's done for us. So he says, neither he that planteth, neither he that watereth, we're just not anything. The God that giveth the increase. And so I, I love his humbleness here. And I'm, I, I like reading this to keep myself in that position. Saying, Lord, I'm not anybody, but thank you for being willing to use me. And I think we could, if we could all wake up daily and say, Lord, take this nobody and use me. Help me to be a blessing. How can I encourage somebody today? How can I bring somebody to Christ? How can I serve you better today? And so let's just wake up every day realizing I'm a servant. That's it. I'm, I'm nobody, really. And I have the awesome opportunity to serve the great and almighty God. What a blessing. So if we all come to church and we all get busy where God wants us with that attitude, I think we get so much more accomplished when we just look to God and give him all the glory. If we're not competing for the glory ourselves, can you imagine how much more we could actually do if we would all just forget about who gets the credit and make sure it all goes to God? I'm not anybody. We aren't anything. And so that was the third thing that, I, that really stood out to me in this passage. But number four, we need to realize that in a team effort, God is the one who's going to give the increase. Paul worked hard. Apollos worked hard. They worked well together. They were servants of the Lord. 
But no matter how hard they worked, the fact is that they needed God to give the increase. No matter how hard a farmer works, he might sow, he might till the land, he might plant the seed, and he might water it and just take care of that crop. And when it grows, you know, he might have a wonderful harvest. But the fact is, can anybody actually make the corn grow? Is anybody here uh, in the farming? Can you actually make the corn or any other harvest grow? I'm, I, I don't have that power. We don't have that. We can't do that because it all comes from God. But sometimes we just sit back and say, all right, God, I want a big corn harvest this year. Let's watch you do it. And we expect great things from God, but we don't really attempt to do anything for him. You know, God, he can do great things, but he needs us to get involved. He wants us to get involved. He wants us to plant the seed, water the seed. Let's work hard. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's get involved. And then watch as God gives the increase. Paul, he very well put it. He said, you know, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You know, we've seen a lot of things happening in Brazil over the last 17 years, not to mention my childhood years growing up there, but it's always amazing to watch God work. And it all goes to him. Because you think about it, how how could that have happened you know, the Lord put me in contact with somebody, and the Lord used these words and these actions. But the fact is that He, through the Holy Spirit, works in people's hearts. God is the one who changes lives. God is the one who does the inward working. And we need to remember that. You know, yes, God wants us to work hard, but let's watch Him work through us. And let's watch Him actually give the increase. And let's watch Him make it happen through us. So... <clears throat> We need to get out there and get busy, but realize that God's the one who's going to give the increase. <clears throat> Fifth thing that I wanted to point out briefly this morning is the fact that we will actually receive a reward individually for what we do for the cause of Christ. Even though we're in a team effort, you know, we're all we're in the body of Christ, we're working together for the cause of Christ. And especially in a ministry like First Baptist Church, I mean, if you've not been to other churches... Um, I don't know how many grew up here, and this is almost all you know, but I'm, I'm sure many of you, if not all, have at least been to other churches. And you realize this is a unique ministry. What a blessing it is to be here. But sometimes we get so wrapped up, and hey, yeah, I go to First Baptist Church. Yeah, that big church. Yeah, we see thousands saved and this and that. And it's, so, it's so exciting to, to kind of get behind the umbrella of the church and, and brag on what God is doing through the church. But what have you done as an individual through the church? How much of what was accomplished was because of God using you? Verse number 8. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. That word one, I have it circled because that kind of reminds me of the team effort. We're all one in this. It's not divisive here. Let's not compete against each other. We're working together. And every man shall receive his own. I also circled the word own. Because that shows the individuality of a team, of each person on the team. In other words, a team is composed of a whole bunch of individuals. Isn't that so? I mean, one person by himself doesn't make up a team. So you get together and you work together as a team. You're you're soccer and you're playing all that. And that's wonderful. But you can't have it without individuals. And so God wants us to work together. But on the end, when we get to heaven, God's going to reward each one of you and, and me individually 
So you can't get to heaven and say, yeah, God, I was part of First Baptist Church. Remember all those people that were saved and baptized and discipled all because of our church? God's like, no, I really don't care where you were. Let's talk about you as an individual. What did you do through First Baptist Church? How much of that was because of you? How many people did you personally hand a tract to, invite to church, or share the gospel with? How many people did you actually encourage by your smile and handshake and kind words? How much did you actually do through the ministry? Because the Bible says everyone shall receive his own reward. 2 Corinthians 5.10 also talks about that. We're going to stand before the Lord. And so that's, we all know that. And so we're going to each receive our own reward. Um, my boys just finished, uh, finished soccer not too long ago. And it's amazing, you know, you have the soccer team and how it's important that players work well together. <clears throat> and through the individuals in the, on that team, they can win tournaments and they can win trophies for the team. And that's all great. But later on, they might have a sports banquet. And one person will be honored the most valuable player. Be awarded the most improved player. You know, individuals will also receive rewards because of what they did as an individual. So I want to work hard for the Lord because I know that I'm going to face him one day. Verse number nine says, for we are laborers together. We are laborers together with God. And I circle the word together because that shows me the teamwork that we can have uh, in the Lord. And what a blessing it is to work together. You know, we've worked with a missionary by the name of Ram. Brother Ram is actually a young man who my dad had the privilege of discipling many, many years ago. And he looks up to my dad as a mentor. So he's kind of like an older brother. He says, my mom adopted him as a kid, and he's like our older brother. And we have a great time together. But, you know, we've been working with him for 16 years and uh, been involved in three church plants and working with the deaf. And it's just great to have somebody who loves the Lord that we can work together with. I don't ever want to be a lone Christian. That feels like I have to do everything by myself. I want to do everything. You know, I, I want to work hard, but I'm, I can get along with people. I can work together. And, you know, uh, when it comes to missions, uh, I tell our supporting churches, look, we're, on a, we're in a team. God hasn't called you to Brazil, but you can be on our team by praying for us. Support missions. Go on missionary trips. Be willing to go as a missionary if God calls you. But we're on the same team. When we reach the lost in Brazil and somebody gets saved... Those of you who have been supporting missions through First Baptist Church's missions program, you have a part in that. And you might never see those people this side of heaven at least, but you've had an investment and you're on our team. And if you've prayed for us, and I have prayer cards, and I'd be glad to give you a prayer card if you'll pray for us. Uh, we're on the same team. And, and what a blessing it is to serve God together. And I just want to close by one verse, Luke 17, 10. If you don't have this verse... To keep us in check. Just to preface this verse here. It's talking about when you have servants, hirelings who are paid to do things. And they do their job. You know, do you have to thank them for their job? You know, Luke is saying, well, not really. They just did what they were paid to do. What they were supposed to do. And then verse number 10 says, so likewise... Ye, that's me and you, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you. What does God command us to do? Preach the gospel. Let's, let's love one another. I mean, we know what God tells us to do. Serve the Lord. Be involved in church. When we've done all that he's commanded us to do, say we are 
unprofitable servants, we have done that which was our duty to do. In other words, you know, people want to give you praise for what you've accomplished. Hey, I'm nobody. I'm just an unprofitable servant. You know, I'm just a servant. I've just done what I what is my duty to do. And if we can all realize that whenever we accomplish things for Christ, God gave the increase. And we're really not anybody. We're just doing what he's commanded us to do and give him all the glory for that. So let's work in this team together. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity we have of serving you and being called your servants. Lord, I pray that you just bless each person here. May they be encouraged to do more and more for you as an individual, but be thankful for the team we have, not only here in this church, but around the world through the missionaries. And may you just bless each person's efforts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.